Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Today we welcome a special guest, Father Caesar. If there is any question that has long concerned and preoccupies mankind, is the one that revolves around the mystery of creation. For instance, where do we come from? Where are we going? What is your origin? What is our end? Even in our times, these questions have gained strength as a result of scientific research that has enriched our knowledge of the cosmos and that allows us to admire more God, God, God's creative work. And if on the one hand we have these questions about the origin to which science provides more material analysis, on the other hand, we have questions that go beyond the scope of science. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 284, tells us that it is not only a question of knowing when and how the universe arose physically, or when man appeared, but rather of discovering the meaning of such an origin. Is the universe governed by chance, blind faith, anonymous necessity, or by transcendent, intelligent, and good being called God? But notice that human intelligence is surely already capable of finding a response to the question of origins, but certainly at the cost of many errors. For example, according to the materialistic evolutionism, which seeks to exclude God's intervention in the genesis of life, says that it will be the uncreated cosmic matter itself operating by virtue of a blind dynamic immanent to it. And without the action of an ordering intelligence, he's denying God right here, that will have given rise to life which from most elementary forms will have progressed gradually and by its own impulse towards higher forms until it reach men. The rational being endowed with understanding and will. Of course, they don't see the soul as something spiritual. That's why they go from matter to the spirit. But this is not quite right. Because if you think about it, the existence of God, the, the Creator, can be known with certainty through His works. By the light of reason alone. Even if this knowledge is often obscured and disfigured by error, as we have seen, this is why faith comes to confirm an enlightened reason in the correct understanding of its truth. 
By faith, we understand that the world was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made out of things which do not appear, says St. Paul to the Hebrews. Now, we cannot think that God is in some way an integral part of creation or that creation is like a piece of God. Not in that way. If we may use this expression. Remember that the Catechism of the Catholic Church says in this regard, God is infinitely greater than all his works. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and of his greatness there is no end. Psalm 145. This, however, should not lead us to think that God is separated from creation. It's not there. This stand uninvolved with it. On the contrary, he's present in the innermost being of his creatures. In him we live and move and exist, says St. Paul to the Acts, in the Acts of the Apostles. God's creative action is much more profound than we may think and is very different from man's constructive action. In this regard, the Catechism says that with creation, God does not abandon his creatures to themselves. He not only gives them being and existence, but also, and at every moment, upholds and sustains them in being enables them to act and brings them to their final end. Does this mean in reality we are manipulated by God? Managed by Him? No, it does not. It means that God foresees and provides. Creation has its own goodness and proper perfection, but it not it did not spring forth complete from the hands of the Creator. The universe was created in a state of journeying toward an ultimate perfection yet to be obtained, to which God has destined. We call this divine providence, the dispositions by which God guides his creation towards perfection. And now, why mention all this with today's reading? Notice that sometimes we had mentioned or spoken of God's plan. Undoubtedly, God is a sovereign master of his plan, but to carry it out, he also makes use of his creatures. Cooperation. This use is not a sign of weakness on behalf of God. For God grants his creatures not only their existence, but also their dignity of acting on their own, of being causes and principles of each other, and thus of cooperating in the accomplishment of his plan. To human beings, God even gives the power of freely sharing in his providence by entrusting them with responsibilities of subduing the earth and having dominion over it. But above all, man can participate if he wants in the redemptive plan. And also, if he doesn't want, he is participating by necessity. Then they become full co-workers of God and 
of his kingdom. This is what we see in a special way in Jesus Christ today's reading. Jesus is called the Lamb of God. But why is this title given to him if not precisely because of his role in the mystery of redemption? At every Mass we remember this. Notice that Jesus is also called the Chosen One of God. Words that go back to Isaiah to the first reading as we, as we heard in the first reading. Notice also that there is another important element in today's reflection. As you know, today's first reading is taken from Isaiah 49, and it starts from, from verse 3, 5 and 6. But if we start reading from the verse 1, we will see, we will read as follows. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother. He has been mindful of my name. In other words, there is a call, a vocation. God has chosen him, and the baptism of Jesus implies his acceptance. This is what is expressed by those words we heard last Monday on the feast of the baptism of our Lord when John did not want to baptize him. Jesus simply said, Let us now, therefore, let us fulfill all righteousness. Like Jesus then, we too have been called to collaborate in the realization of God's plan. And are we fit to collaborate in this realization of God's plan? Yes, we are. St. Thomas Aquinas says, quoting St. Paul, that man is made fit by grace. By grace, by the grace of God, I am what I am. No one then can be discouraged by the consideration of his, of, of his miseries and indigence. Since through baptism, the Christian is sacramentally assimilated to Jesus. The Christian must enter into this mystery of humble self-abasement and repentance. Go down into the waters with Jesus, as the Catechism says, in order to rise with him be reborn of water and the Spirit so as to become the Father's beloved Son in the Son and walk in the newness of life. Let us ask then our Blessed Mother to help us to see the greatness of God and to offer ourselves to Him through the intercession of our Blessed Mother.